This is a special world report with a friend of Megagoria. This is a radio wave special world report with a friend of Megagoria. Tonight, a friend of Megagoria will be speaking to Congressman Mo Brooks. He's a representative from the North District of Alabama, and Congressman Brooks is actually joining us from Washington, D.C. There's a couple of House votes that are going on right now, and Representative Brooks took a break between a couple of the votes to give us a call, and tonight a friend of Medjugorje will be speaking to him. The friend of Medjugorje and Mo Brooks had met actually a number of years ago. He's been here to Caritas probably 15 years ago, and a friend of Medjugorje spoke with Congressman Brooks, actually he wasn't a congressman at the time, about the direction that our nation was headed and looking at some solutions. Congressman Mo Brooks is a member of the House Armed Services Committee. He's also a member of the Space Committee. A lot of the work that's getting us back to the moon is actually happening here in Huntsville, which is where Representative Brooks is from. If you remember back in 2017 when there was a, a left-wing activist who opened fire at the congressional baseball practice where the Republicans were gathered there, where Steve Scalise was critically injured. Representative Brooks was actually was on the field that day, and he actually was one of the first ones to reach Steve Scalise after he had been shot. He's been in the trenches for a number of years, and after the election for all that happened this past November, he was one of the first to begin to speak about it and stand behind President Trump and to stand behind the protection of our elections. So we turn it over to a friend of Medjugorje, who will now begin his interview. Mo, we're glad to have you with us today, and we have a lot of things, your perspectives that we have in, in regards to where we're headed as far as the nation. We're real big fans of Sun Tzu, and he said, all warfare is based on deception, and it's best to see which ways happen in regards to our nation. What is your thoughts about that as far as the darkness we're facing against our nation versus the light that we are being dominated right now. How would you give a report card on that? Well, there unfortunately is far too much deception in politics generally and in Washington, D.C. in particular right now. Um, you know, often deception is something that is used in diplomacy where in order to achieve an end, you might fudge a little bit on the description of the means or what have you. Uh, that's not the way I operate. I tend to be very, very blunt spoken about what I believe in and why, giving people a pretty good idea of whether they want to vote for me or vote for somebody else. And that's the way I think it should be in all politics in order to help the voters best understand the challenges that we face as a country and make the wisest decisions. Uh, unfortunately, particularly when you look at the Socialist Democrats, uh, they engage in significant amounts of deception. They are supported by their fake news media allies, the, the propaganda wing, basically, of the Socialist Democrat Party. And they do that because if the public were to truly understand what they stand for, then they would never get elected, uh, by way of example. And this is a public one, though. When you've got a Democrat who's giving the opening prayer before the United States House of Representatives and he mocks Christianity by closing with a man and a woman, that's just bizarre, and it's insulting. Or 
um, on another level with what has happened with the Biden administration in the past couple of weeks with his executive orders. But nonetheless, that's where the socialists are right now, and I'm just very much troubled by it. Whether we are, as a Catholic, we're very troubled by it because we know the bishops could have stood up and said to so many people, every square inch of the United States of America is underneath a bishop. And so they had a lot through social justice that you just mentioned about socialism, which is really not social justice, it's socialism justice. But really, that's not even a right name to call it because it's biblical justice. Social justice has nothing to do with what we, as far as Christianity, and it is socialism. And so we are losing that. We're becoming that. And the verbiage game is real important. I'm not toward the way of listening to people constantly say we are democracy. I don't understand that. Our forefathers hated a democracy. They said it was a bad government, and it never works. It tears itself to pieces. We're a republic. Your thoughts on that, because people do not understand the difference between democracy and republic. The only thing we do is vote-wise is the democracy, but we don't do the as far as the government. So the republic itself is where everybody has to go by the laws. And so this verbiage games, even for the conservatives, they keep calling us a democracy. I don't understand why we don't see that. From your position, what do you have to say about that? Well, technically speaking, a democracy is where the citizenry votes on the laws themselves, and a republic is where the citizenry votes on representatives who then vote on the laws themselves. And so that's the technical difference between democracy and republic. But quite frankly, uh, over the decades or centuries, uh, the two, in a, to a large degree, have just become interchangeable in the minds of a lot of people. What do you see for a future of America under Biden? We're going the wrong way, and we're going the wrong way fast. Uh, the Biden administration is openly attacking the moral values that help guide us as a country. Uh, the Biden administration wants to forcibly take money from American citizens to pay for other people's abortions. Uh, that is amoral. That is also bad. It not only hurts, of course, the citizens who have had that money forcibly taken from them by the federal government to pay for other people's abortions, it results in the end of life for that unborn child. Um, I mean, just just go down the list. Now, I've mentioned some that are related to moral values. Uh, Let's go to economics. Socialism as an economic model has failed in every nation that has ever tried it. If the definition of success is having adequate money for national security and adequate money for a good social net, America has been able to do both because we believe in liberty and freedom, which is the genesis of the free enterprise system. Dictatorial socialism, on the other hand, tends to be somewhat godless because you don't want people thinking that there's a superior power to the government. And so if you look around at socialist nations around the globe, uh, the old Soviet Union, um, communist China now, they're, they're socialist. Uh, they, they stamp out religion wherever they can find it, and they do so in the most brutal of ways. So we do not want to become a dictatorial socialist nation if you have any moral scruples whatsoever. So I encourage citizens to be as active as they can in the political process. Of course, vote, but communicate with others why you're voting the way you vote. Trying to help them understand so that they can also cast 
wise votes. And if you don't have a good selection of candidates, then have the audacity to sign on the dotted line yourself and offer yourself as a candidate because, quite frankly, we need a lot better people than we're getting at the city, county, state, and federal level. Well, you know, I'm sure that you know that Obama did five executive orders. Trump did four just in the first few days. Here we got Biden doing what, up to 40 now? Well, I hear different numbers. I've heard as low as 28 and as high as 42. And it might be higher than 42. I don't know what you'd call the three that he did last night that weaken our border security. What do you think as far as the damage that's going to do to us? We have, as a country, far and away the most generous legal immigration laws on the planet. We've got millions of non-citizens who have lawfully come into our country and live here right now. In addition to that, we give, America gives, more citizenships to non-citizens than any country on earth. We almost give as many citizenships to foreign-born individuals as every other country on earth put together. So that is a backdrop for anyone to complain about how liberal our immigration system is to the point where they want to support illegal aliens, illegal immigration into the United States of America. That's bad, and here's why it's bad. Uh, number one, in no particular order, roughly 2,000 Americans are killed each year at the hands of illegal aliens mm. on American soil. Each of those would be alive today, but for our poor southern border that allows illegal aliens to come into our country. 2,000 who are alive today will, in all probability, be dead this time next year because they will have been killed by illegal aliens. You've got a huge surge in the labor supply from illegal aliens crossing our border. That huge surge in the labor supply does two things. One... It takes jobs from struggling American families, and two, it gives employers more hiring options so that they are able to hire illegal aliens much more cheaply, less expensively than American citizens, which in turn means that not only are American citizens losing their jobs, but they're also suffering from suppressed wages because of the artificial effect of the surge in illegal aliens on our labor supply. Then you've got the cost to taxpayers. There's been a study that I read not too long ago that determined that households with an illegal alien in them are net tax losers for American citizens to the tune of about $9,000 per year on average. Stated differently, that means struggling American families are having taxes taken from them in order to spend that money on illegal alien families to the tune of that $9,000 per illegal alien family per year, resulting in over $200 billion in money taken from American taxpayers on the one hand, or on the other hand, money that is increasing our deficit and debt that is making a national insolvency and bankruptcy a much higher risk, or on the other hand, is money that is being taken from services that would otherwise go to American citizens but instead are being spent on illegal aliens who should not even be here. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of other adverse effects that I could go through with illegal aliens. Unfortunately, the Socialist Democrats turn a blind eye to it because they see a huge pool of future voters. So the Democrats are trying to give them all amnesty and get them all citizenship 
because the polling data suggests that they vote Democrat, illegal aliens do, about 80% to 20%. That's a 60% bulge in favor of Democrats, and that's how the Democrats want to preserve their power in the United States Congress and the White House and state houses and governor's mansions and go on down to the lesser offices. I want to ask you about the question, what your take is on January 6th? Well, there are a lot of aspects to that. That's a huge question. Mm-hmm. It appears from what is being reported so far or shared with us in Congress about the attack on the Capitol on January 6th is that there were some militant elements of at least five different groups that used the Trump rally to engage in the attack on the United States Capitol. Uh, so far, one or more people have been arrested who have been identified as being affiliated with uh, fascist Antifa, Proud Boys, QAnon, Oath Keepers, and Black Lives Matter. And it's pretty clear that uh, a number of these groups, according to the information that we're getting in Congress, that a number of these groups planned in advance the attack on the United States Capitol and used the Trump rally as a cover for their attack. Uh, By way of example, there were pipe bombs that were placed at the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee and also at the Republican National Campaign Committee, and they were placed the day before on January the 5th. And then they were reported to Capitol Police on January the 6th, at or about or shortly before the time at which the Capitol was attacked. And what that did was it diverted Capitol Police resources from the protection of the Capitol to those uh, pipe bombs that were only a couple of blocks away from the United States Capitol, thus making it easier for these militant elements of these five different groups to do what they did. So it was a pretty well-planned and coordinated attack um, I'm waiting to see who all gets arrested. All I know right now is that we've had over 100 arrested, and we've had uh, people who are members of each of those different groups that have been arrested, and there are probably others. I just don't recall right offhand who they are. It's amazing because the, the left, side, they always keep saying the deadly capital insurrection, and they put that word, and everybody takes that verbiage, and it really wasn't. One policeman got killed. The others is medical in this situation or whatever. It, it seems like it's exaggerated to me as far as what we can see from that perspective. Well, I was in the United States Capitol when the attack began. Uh, quite frankly, I was taken uh, totally aback. I was totally off guard. We had had, over my 10 years here, uh, demonstrations of one kind or another that kind of got out of hand. They might be in the balcony uh, they might be uh, someone in the Capitol itself. Uh, typically, those things, though, are relatively small and quickly disposed of. Mm-hmm. This one was different because of the magnitude of the crowd and so many people in the crowd who used extremely poor judgment when they decided to enter the Capitol building when they're not supposed to, in part, at least it appears, in part because they were encouraged to do so, by some of these militant elements from one or more of those five different groups I just named that have had arrests so far. How do you relate that to your dugout experience when being shot at? 
Did that come to mind? Were you thinking about review and all that? There, there is no relationship at all between the two. Mm-hmm. When I was in the United States Capitol, I never had a clue as to what was going on um, outside the Capitol because I was in the House chamber. I was getting prepared uh, to make a speech on voter fraud and election theft. Then at some point, a realization uh, came to me that this is more serious than the normal kind of thing that interrupts our business. And we were escorted to another place that I probably should not describe so that the bad guys won't know where where it was. And only some number of hours later did I have access to TV, which in turn informed me of the scope of what had transpired. I mean, this was a pretty big deal. I, I don't want to minimize it. It was a pretty big deal. Uh, we did have a protester who was killed by a Capitol Police officer. Uh, that protester was engaged in really bad judgment. And I say protester, I don't know if that particular person engaged in violence too. If so, uh, that person has gone beyond the description that goes with the word protester to do something else. Then we had a law enforcement officer who was killed by a flying fire extinguisher. I don't know how that happened. I don't know if it was just wildly thrown at the police and happened to hit somebody in the head, uh, causing a fatal injury, or if someone was wielding it as a club and specifically intended to hit that particular police officer and, and do deadly body, bodily harm. Uh, hopefully, whoever that person was will, will be arrested and prosecuted. I don't think that person has been discovered as of yet. Uh, but this thing obviously uh, got out of control for whatever reason. The Capitol Police were not authorized to use the force necessary uh, to protect the United States Capitol, uh, to protect the United States Congress and its staff, and that's being investigated uh, as I speak. You know, my concern is our being silenced. Uh, actually, one of my books was blocked, struck out by Amazon. It's a big seller. It was about conservative things. I was in Yugoslavia before it failed, and I was talking to a group there publicly, and I just simply said that Russia needs conversion. I was approached after that by somebody I knew there, says, you're going to jail. I said, for what? For saying Russia's conversion needs to be happening. Are we going into that kind of situation now where we're silenced, that we're going to jail for what we express and what we believe? That is a horrifying but real risk. The socialists quite clearly are adopting some of the doctrines that they adopted in Nazi Germany, keeping in mind that Nazi Germany was really the National Socialist German Workers' Party. They are labeled as fascists, which to some degree is true, but never forget that they were also socialists, and they were very active in suppression of freedom of speech. Soviet Union, same way. North Korea, same way. Communist China, same way. Communist Cuba, same way. And you're seeing that to a greater degree in the United States of America as the socialists and their allies try to censor freedom of speech, try to suppress it, try to threaten retaliation against those who have the audacity to publicly disagree with the dictatorial government doctrine of the Socialist Party of America. Already, I've been threatened with censorship on the House floor for my exercise of First Amendment freedom of speech rights. I've been threatened with expulsion on the House floor by the socialists who don't like the points of view that I express. 
and I've been threatened by the socialists with a criminal prosecution, which is, of course, the ultimate penalty that they can impose. And it's not just me. There are 130 or 140 other congressmen and senators who have also been threatened by the socialist Democrats as the socialist Democrats try to suppress freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, uh, freedom of the right to petition your government with the grievances that you may have, and on down the list. So it's, it's, it's a different world. It's George Orwellian, 1984, mm-hmm. yeah. dictatorial. For sure. You know, what about the other Republicans that's more leaning toward Democrats and what their sentiments? And I'm more aggravated them than with the Democrats. I am, too. But that is just the nature of the way things are. Lastly, the budget for the corona pandemic, what they're talking about is $1.9 trillion. I understand, if I'm correct, that there's $1 trillion sitting there has not been spent. How can you spend even a half a trillion dollars on something like this? What What's the shenanigans with all this? Well, let me emphasize something. Every penny of that economic depression bill and I call it an economic depression bill because it does suppress economic growth. Just witness the 2.5% GDP cut uh, that America suffered in 2020. But every penny of that spending, whether it be $1.9 trillion or more or less, is money America does not have, has to borrow to get, and cannot afford to pay back, which means it moves us that much closer to the day that America suffers from a very dangerous and debilitating national insolvency and bankruptcy. Well, you know, the U.S. debt clock, I don't know if you ever go online and look at that, but it shows we're $30 trillion in debt, and then the taxes coming in is going the opposite direction. It's a no-brainer. How are we going to not have a crash? And what's your thoughts on that? Well, the way to avoid a crash is, for one thing, this idea that you can vote yourself a living perpetually uh, by demanding that the federal government use its force and power and crueling its guns to forcibly take hard-earned money from citizens, that kind of attitude has to stop. We cannot continue to have people who vote for a living rather than work for one. We all need to be able, if we're able to, we all need to be working uh, on behalf of ourselves and our families and our country as opposed to living off the hard labors of somebody else. So we'll see how it all plays out. But unfortunately, uh, there are there is a tremendous movement in the United States of America to vote for a living rather than work for one, and long-term, that's going to result in an economic collapse of the United States. I guess many friends in Italy, and I was speaking to one a couple weeks ago, and he said, y'all have potential, but Italy is done. We're not going to recover. They said there's so much debt, and only 3 or 4% of the government runs everything, and everybody's lost hope. He says Europe is over. So the whole world is looking at us. We talk to, they look to the United States to win this battle. My question is, do you think we are? I have never feared for my country more than I fear for America right now at this moment. The socialists have the House. They have the Senate. They have the White House. They're wanting to give amnesty and citizenship to millions, if not tens of millions, of illegal aliens who are overwhelmingly likely to vote for Socialist Democrats because they get paid to do so. How do they get paid? Well, in welfare benefits. So that's a big hurdle on the one hand. And on the other hand, 
the Democrats want to make it federal law to engage in all the shenanigans that they did in 2020 that resulted in the most massive voter fraud election theft, in my judgment, in American history. So hopefully voters will get smart enough between now and 2022 to make the kinds of decisions that need to be made on behalf of our country. But I assure you, we cannot continue to borrow money like we are right now. Sooner or later, it has to all be paid, and we physically lack the ability to pay back the money that we have already borrowed, our total debt as of today. Well, we appreciate you being with us today, and we'd like to maybe touch base from you here and there as things progress. We're behind you. We philosophically agree with what you do and what your office is, and we support you. So we thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. After listening to all this, you can see the one thing we need in the world today is peace. That is what the Queen of Peace is here for. And yet we're being lorded over. We have a government telling you that you must wear a mask is far more dangerous than any disease. The purpose is control. And once you give that up to the government, it's the end. John Adams said on Thoughts of Government in 1776, he relays that the goal of government is happiness of society. Happiness of society brings happiness to the individual man. And happiness in the individual man is found in virtue. Therefore, the government is supposed to promote virtue. Ours is not. We're on a bad road. The Constitution of Alabama in 1901 says that the sole object and only legitimate end of government is to protect the citizens in the enjoyment of life, liberty, and property. And when the government assumes other functions, it is usurpation and oppression. Many of you know about the Corona vision. When you form a small community, the government is really not a big problem. In our community, Caritas, that I already asked for, we have government within ourselves. We live a way of life. That way of life in a new time has rules with it and traditions. And we have peace. Our children are raised in peace. There's freedom. We're not running around with masks. We never put them on. We don't practice social distance. We're constantly practicing social closeness. We pick a message every day at random. So the message we picked was March 25th, 1993. Dear children, today like never, I call you to pray for peace. For peace in your hearts. Peace in your families. And peace in the whole world. Because Satan wants war, wants lack of peace, wants to destroy all which is good. Therefore, children, pray, pray, pray. This is the foundation of our community. And this is what I was just relaying to. We are in peace. We're in freedom. While out there, the whole world is at war and lack of peace. Our bishops have pushed the agenda of social justice, of which they say brings peace. We got a small montage that we want to play for you of what people out there say what peace is. 
and it's purely socialist justice coming out of the church, coming out of the conferences of the bishops. And then we're going to play after that the social justice piece versus a montage of us just going around with no rehearsal of our children and adults in the community, what they think peace is. They didn't hear each other. We didn't rehearse it. It was spontaneous. You look at the socialist justice piece versus the queen of peace piece. Peace is not just the absence of conflict, but the prevalence of justice. It's about hope, opportunity, empowerment, and dignity. Peace guarantees the world is preserved for generations to come by ending poverty, combating climate change, and fighting injustice and inequality. Peace is the ability to differ in opinion, culture, religion, ethnicity, ideology, and yet live united in the same community. It's about how we act toward one another in the face of challenges, instability, and terror. Peace is about respect for human dignity, respect for human life, respect for neighbors and strangers alike. A threat to peace anywhere is a threat to peace everywhere. We must think of ourselves as global citizens, not just citizens of our community and country. For peace to prevail, we must bring hope to the hopeless, opportunity to the underserved, empowerment to the oppressed, dignity to the disrespected. The conditions that threaten peace are man-made. It will be the actions of global citizens that will reverse these conditions. Now is the time to mobilize people from around the world to commit to creating peace. We must create awareness, advocate for peaceful communities, and take action. Together, let's make peace possible. What is peace? Peace is the beauty in the world. Rolling oceans, towering mountains. Peace is eating healthy food and feeling full. Peace is having wishes come true. What does peace mean to you? A state of enlightenment. For me personally, like being asleep, like I think it's probably one of the more peaceful things you can do. Whenever you get to do exactly what you love. Not being afraid to go where you want to go. Do what you want to do. Fulfilled. The element of being nice to someone. And now you're going to hear the spontaneous answers to the question is what is peace? Peace is God's love. Peace is love and charity. Peace is obedience. Peace to me is to be in prayer. Peace is a totally positive attitude. Peace to me is accepting all of the challenges and difficulties, crosses, burdens that God gives to us in life with total abandonment. And then you have peace in your soul. Peace to me is a gift from Our Lady 
being in the church and being bring murders with our family and being out the field. Peace is contentment. My name is Luke and I'm 10. When I feel peace is right after I get communion and then I go back to the pews. Feels like God is in me and He's with me. Peace is love. Peace is love. It's not difficult to discern that what many people, even Christians, think peace is, as you heard in the first montage, in contrast to the second montage, which way do you want to go? We're going toward Our Lady, to freedom and to peace. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.